First off, thank you so much, Brandon, for having me on your podcast. It is an honor, and I'm so sorry that we have been back and forth, back and forth between Harvey with all the craziness, but... Guys, my name is Lacey Dunn. I am a future registered dietitian, and I am a master's student and dietetic intern at Texas Women's University in Houston, Texas. I am obsessed with working out fitness and cats, and I just love nerding out. Um, so I am also a teambodybuilding.com athlete, a team PE science athlete and I'm sponsored also by Ravish Sands so I'm a bikini competitor and I just hope to spread the message of having the correct scientific knowledge and a amount of balance in your life between health fitness nutrition and making it all about not only uplifting yourself and uplifting your fitness goals but uplifting others in the process mm-hmm. yeah so so that's a little spiel about me spiel spiel but yeah I have a lot of questions, I think, in my mind. So it's I'm uh, I'm gonna come at you. So a, a dietitian, like I always, I would like you know, just make sure I have misconceptions, just to let you know, because okay. I come from other, you know. So when I look at dietitians, I feel like they're they're people that you should trust, like bankers or like you know, we just distrust you. I don't know why that is. So what? <laughs> what are like bankers. the huge kind of yeah the bankers of nutrition that's what i always call them because whatever but then what what in your mind like what is the biggest misconceptions about like dietitians and all that like is there you know y'all have all have different philosophies of course you're going with the science the science always changes and i think that's a huge issue because there's always more to learn and like next week i learned that this and that and then there's a different types of you know, evidence. And it's very strange to me, you know, as an outsider, like how am I supposed to trust you as a dietitian? Just curious. So this is the thing. There are two types of dietitians. There is number one, the correct dietitian who is an evidence-based practice um, dietitian who stays up to date with all the incoming research and will change their practice and change their recommendations based on the newest science. And so that is what is supposed to happen all aboard. But we have the second type of dietitian who is stuck in their way, whatever they think is best or whatever was best back in the day. They stick to those recommendations or they pick one train of thought because it worked for them and they go that route. So, all dietitians are not the same, just like all personal trainers are not the same, just like all lawyers aren't the same. There are different dietitians, there are different lawyers, there are different personal trainers who have their goal in mind. And some people are after, you know, some people just have one train of thought. So I'm going to speak in dietitian terms. One dietitian may be super paleo and all about going paleo and they might push and this happens. They push paleo is the way, the only way. And that is not, that is not true evidence-based practice. Evidence-based practice incorporates the research and the emergent evidence while making sure that, that there is a healthy and balanced way to achieve a goal. So there is not black and white if you're doing dietetics in the correct way. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's really about finding somebody who's actually going to do evidence-based practice. Yeah. And there's, and I, what, why do you think like people don't go to dietitians as much? Like they always go to someone else. Like it's always like price. price. So yeah. So dietitians, okay, is, you know, we, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on our, um, on our training, on our schooling. And so normally our prices are higher and insurance doesn't cover really anything for dietitian services. They cover maybe twice a year and that is nothing. And a lot of people these days don't even have insurance. So they're paying out of pocket and a dietitian at one visit is going to be like $300. And who has $300 for one visit? Nobody. Yeah, right. I see. I see. I see how that could be a huge aspect of why people don't approach y'all. But there's, I don't know what it is. It's always uh, kind of like you know, y'all have the knowledge. That's the, and y'all don't share it. Like that's the other thing that I feel like. Like there's so much like you know, I go on YouTube. I mean, like okay, never use YouTube as like your source of knowledge. I mean, there's some good <laughs> stuff. True. There's some good stuff there. Like, but that's very like there's. It's like apples on a tree and a lot of it's hard to say where the apple is and where the good stuff you can find. I mean, I could name a few people that are really good to watch and really good to to get your information from. Yeah, and there's a few sour you can bite into. Yeah, there's a, a sour apple and you might not you can't tell which one is a sour and which one is a, a good ripe apple. So it's always it's trial and error. That's what I always say, you know, so don't get your information from YouTube. I mean, there's other sources where you can find I mean. Um, the problem is we don't, I feel like the language, the, the, the vocabulary that y'all use it, my favorite kind of a new doctor or nutritionist, or I don't even know, she's, but it's uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She has, Oh yes, she's great. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, I can't listen to her. I don't know. I've heard her podcast like twice. I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, I feel uh-huh. like in my mind it's like you're talking about quantum like if to me if you were talking quantum mechanics i could probably understand what you were talking about but that's like what it is to me it's like such a different universe and what are you talking about protein mm-hmm. synthesis so like where does someone start where does someone begin if they want to learn honestly well there's two different sides so if you want to go the whole learn yourself route you have to start with reading textbooks you have to start with reading anatomy and physiology books biochemistry books nutrition books there are great resources you can learn for free you don't actually well actually you can't learn for free you have to buy your textbooks but there are ways to make it happen. And then there's, you know, the traditional schooling route, which will help build those foundations that you can then build on to fully understand the mechanisms of everything that is happening inside and outside of the body. Mm -hmm. And how much time do you think has to be invested in to learn all that stuff? Well, it depends on your goal and what you want to do with information. So, yeah, so like are you talking about if you want to be a dietitian or if you just want to learn? You just want to have enough knowledge so you can apply it yourself cuz I'm an apply yourself kind of dude, you know? If I if mm-hmm. I'm going to fix this wall on my own, okay? So this wall over here, I'm going to fix it myself. There's a lot of damage <laughs> I'm fixing myself. So Okay, so you want me to tell you and give you the manual script for fixing the wall? Yes, for myself. So like okay. where do you start? So, where do you begin? 
you would start and my biggest suggestion would be starting with something like the Eric Helms Pyramid for Nutrition and Training. That is overall a really good basis for reaching your goals, your health and fitness goals, while making it in its simple terms. And you then you don't have to go out and you don't have to read a whole entire textbook. The second option would be doing something like a nutrition course at a local college. And that will give, and this is, you have to make sure you go to a correct college because some are extremely outdated and it's really pathetic and sad. But you can do that route and then you're just going to take a course, three credit hours, maybe be there three times a week for six months. Um, but my biggest suggestion is sticking to a book and learning yourself that way. And it, it'll take, you know, a couple weeks, but you'll learn and you'll soak up the knowledge. Just like, you know, if somebody wants to be a personal trainer, they sit down with that personal training book, they read, they assimilate the knowledge, they learn it, and they apply it. It doesn't take a long time if you are dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. And what's like your philosophical approach? Because everyone, I mean, I've had other nutritionists and they all give me, like, it's like all over the place in my head. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't understand what, like, there's so many philosophies. I, it's like, mm-hmm. well, let's do, you know, paleo or this and that. Like, they all put different things. And I'm always like, well, it depends on the person. And, you know, sometimes they say, oh, yeah, I agree yes. with you totally. And then I'm like, okay, but what is, like, the method? Because it's like there's no formula for a person. It's, like, such a, 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 a case-by-case basis. Exactly. So my philosophy is an individualized approach to nutrition that is going to be sustainable for the long term and help them to not only reach their goal, but be able to continue living a healthy, active lifestyle for the rest of their life. So it's all about sustainability for me. Mm -hmm. And what about like, I mean, people get their information so in different places. Like people get it from mm-hmm. documentary. Some people get it from, of course, I re- I like reading a bunch of articles. That's just my method. The other thing is, you know, mm-hmm. people listen to you, and that that that. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too, because you focused all your time and knowledge into this specific thing. Uh, that, that 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 you know, you know, like I I can't. I've never had like I've wanted to talk to like history professors on the podcast. But they they only share their knowledge with other history professors. And that's like such so hard because I want to talk about the Roman times. I want to talk about what, what, what happened back then, what happened now. Like why is this system the way it is, you know. And it's hard to talk to people because they only want peer-reviewed. So it, it, it's really interesting to me. Someone like you, uh, I don't know, I just call y'all unicorns. When I see a unicorn out there, I'm like, what is that unicorn doing giving all this knowledge away? And it's like, oh my god! <laughs> well, it's because it's a unicorn. It doesn't make sense. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't register. So, you're a fascinating unicorn in that way. How how you're spreading your knowledge? Because most most unicorn or other people don't really share what they know. And you know, of course, there's so many different people that have different ways of looking at things and perspectives. So, I don't know. What's your yeah, like? Thank you for making me a unicorn. <laughs> a unicorn. I don't know. I've always used that, but like, what is like your nutritional philosophy in your mind? 
nutritional philosophy, like I said, an individualized approach to making it sustainable. And I like that you mentioned about like the history professors and the people that are super knowledgeable in different areas of both science, of environmental science, and not even science, but like, you know, psychology or anatomy or that's science, but um, just people who have their certain expertise in their area. A lot of people, they don't like sharing that because they feel like they work so hard to gain that knowledge that everybody else should work hard to gain that knowledge. And I understand that because I've done so much research. I've taken my time. I've taken my money to learn all this information. But what good is it going to do in the world if I don't share it? What is it going to, what good is going to happen if I just keep it in my brain? Nothing. If I don't apply it and help others apply it, then my purpose on earth is stupid. Like, I have to some way change a life. I have to some way help somebody. And keeping it in my head is not going to do that. So that's my thoughts on there. Yeah, and it's it's and when you do that approach, it's like a small scale. When you can scale it up to reach whatever, I mean, millions, hundreds of, I mean, billions of people potentially. Like once you start extracting that, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you could give the knowledge be free like i always talk about the like the 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 library of alexandria that's where they hold for a long time in roman history all the knowledge of all time that they knew things and then it burned and then of course no knowledge and nobody knows anything and then people talk about like lost civilizations so it's it's in my mind it's like well, why don't you just share that so everybody knows? I mean, that's how people learn things. You need to share. Mm-hmm. And if you just keep it all to yourself, you don't want to talk about this or that. Like, maybe I, I just don't understand a certain topic or I'm misled or, you know, so many people are misled because they're, you know, like detox and like, especially in nutrition, there's so many loop tricks or like things that oh my god are based on like, like literal like infographics and they, they, there's no real science I'm like, well, where's your there's a whole point to that there's a reason why that's happening it's because everybody and their mother wants a quick fix they want to know what is the easiest way that they can reach their goal and that is not how it should be it needs to be what is the most sustainable way and the healthiest way for me as an individual not what is the easiest because easy is not going to produce results easy is not going to make it a long-term result Mm -hmm. you'll reach the finish line and fall over kill over like you need to have a goal say it's a marathon but the marathon doesn't stop when you reach your goal the marathon stops never the marathon keeps going and people just want to reach that end goal is the problem Mm -hmm. yeah yeah goals are can be like i don't know there's always a good and bad side to it so it's like you set a goal you achieve it what do you do? Do you maintain? Do you go back? Do you reverse? Like mm-hmm. it's always like that aspect. And I always say, um, well, it really depends. If you, I don't think you should. I think you should maintain. I mean, there's some things that you cannot maintain. Say you, you're a bo- bodybuilder's like, and you add stuff to your repertoire. Like you start doing other things. I mean, there's certain things that are singular focuses. Like yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. So it's always that kind of aspect of what should not be a singular focus like i think i think like so many things are like that that you don't know which which part to focus on but 
he's tried to focus on something. Yeah, I agree. Bro, your dog sounds like they really want some love over there. I know, I know, but got a good. Uh, uh, they're they're lovely dogs, but they they need to relax. They're they're, they're very excited. They're they're pretty. They're eleven years old. And act like puppies. Oh, cuteness. Um, so goals. I am a firm believer in setting goals. I am a firm believer in setting short-term goals and long-term goals. And I'm a firm believer in always having a goal past your goal, mm. if that makes sense. And do you like – So it's – Yeah. Like, Go you, ahead. Do you like uh, visualization or like, like do you believe like that kind of stuff? I definitely believe in visualizing your goal. You you have to believe that the goal is going to happen to make the goal happen. And I'm a firm believer in taking small daily steps towards an end goal. So not just making, not just saying, hey, I'm when I am 40 years old, I'm going to be the president of the United States. It would be, hey, in one year, I'm going to work on my candidates candidacy, whatever you do, whatever those people do, and get this many people on my committee. Like, that is how you reach a goal. You set small steps to ultimately reach that goal. Mm-hmm. So what, yeah, that's... And I've definitely detoured the conversation. <laughs> yeah, the, the goal thing is interesting. I mean, I, I don't care if conversation goes as, as it goes, because nobody ever... I don't know. I feel like we don't talk to each other like that. Like we just don't have a conversation. We have structures. We have this system. Everything's regimented in life. I mean, as an early age, I mean, you're told when to eat, when not to eat. You're you're kind of you're on this path, and people say, "Oh, you should not eat at night." I'm like, "Oh well, you as long as you eat in, you know, it's like the time difference." And then new philosophies come out. Like I, like someone just talked to me about intermittent fasting. I was like, "What is that? I have no idea what you're talking about." I'm like, so you eat from here to here? Like it's just so confusing. When it comes to nutrition, because there's no, I don't know, there's no central kind of knowledge of like what's wrong and what's right. And it's like me as a outside individual, it's like I'm trying to decipher from a bunch of code that yeah. I don't understand. The thing is, we as scientists, we are able to do studies mm-hmm. and to find results. There is always always going to be not always but most of the time there's going to be a study done that contradicts your result Mm -hmm. so one study may come out and say oh hey and this is funny because i'm doing a research article right now about it one article may come out and say breakfast is the most important meal of the day if you don't eat breakfast you are shutting down your metabolism and then there might be another study that comes out and says if you eat a if you fast all day and then have a high carbohydrate meal, you're going to have a higher metabolic rate or greater chance of weight loss. The problem with science is that people don't know how to look at the results, look at the methods, look at how all this science is like happening and apply it to their daily life because these like you can't just apply science to you because that person is not you specifically. And a lot of these studies also are looking at obese individuals, people with metabolic syndrome, people who have insulin resistance. So, you know, they eat carbohydrates and it is not going into their cells, into their muscles. It's 
just staying in their bloodstream. Um, so it's not looking at full healthy individuals who weight train. Um, so that's why a lot of people in the fitness community get confused about scientific articles, but also science is always changing. And again, there's always going to be a contradiction. Mm-hmm. That's if I ever go way too into things, just let me know. No, oh, just keep going. Just keep going. I like hearing the, 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 the knowledge drop, the bombs of knowledge, you know, it's like, cause I, I, I would never know that if you never said that, like, um, I was talking to a statistician. I don't know. How no, those aren't true. Those were like random studies that I, know, I came I up with. In my, okay, I was just yeah, making yeah, sure. Yeah, because yeah, like the like uh, you, I know, I know what you mean. Because they're they're not real, but they're just a made up study. Yeah. You know, I'll, just to make sure everyone understood those. What she was talking about was an example. It wasn't a, a an actual study that was done, so nobody exactly. got confused and start changing whatever breakfast to dinner or whatever you. <laughs> no, but the examples are. I think examples can be good, but you know, if they're never, you need a real case, like a real thing. Like if you said that, I need mm-hmm. evidence. I need to know what this is. It's hard to find evidence sometimes. I mean, there's some some articles where like you click on like 17 links before you even get like a whatever, whatever they're basing their 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 article on, and some of them are opinion based mm-hmm. and op eds and this and that and. You're like trying to figure out, oh, where did you figure this out? Who said this? Who no? And then an article pops up and it's a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Uh, like uh, New York Times, I'm just saying. You know, I ran out of free free. You can only look at like a hundred articles with them before you have to have to have a subscription. I'm like, gosh, I was gonna read this and learn something. Hey. If anybody wants to learn things for free, you can go on, I think it is, let me look. It's on my homepage. You can go on Biomed Central as well as Willy Library. And those are two databases that are free, that have a bunch of hundreds of different journals and publications and you can get all that information for free mm-hmm. so most of the time you have to pay for articles but you can do that or if you're a student note students if you go to an undergrad or you're in your master's or phd like you have access to billions of articles you just have to access them through your library's website so keynote keynote if you're a nerd you can access you just don't know you can access. Yeah. It's, what I think is crazy about the internet is how it changed, especially the nutrition. Like, of course, when I was a kid, it was like, drink your milk. You're going to be a big boy or whatever. That's what my dad used to say. Like, <laughs> big boy. Yeah, you're going to be a big boy. You're going to grow up. You're going to be strong. You're going to be fast. You're going to be lean, mean, whatever he would say. And I was like, you know, in my mind that, you know, you're fed kind of this idea so you're like okay okay well i drank like a gallon of milk every three days or four days and then you find out your body doesn't like it or like you're like whoa i can't get rid of this milk because i'm addicted to it because i've put this kind of neuro made this connection of like i need milk and then you find out like oh well this doesn't work that doesn't work and ever since the internet came out i mean or the internet more people started using it and sharing knowledge it's like my gosh, we've learned so much. So many places have advanced. I mean, nutrition advanced in a dramatic way. I've not, like, I mean, it's still so much more to learn and so much to figure out. But there's never an end journey. 
or an end goal. There's always improve, 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 learn, 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 learn. And mm-hmm. then you find out maybe something you learned is not right or, you know, misled or incorrect. Like, I mean, like documentaries are like that all the time. I'm like, I look oh at, my gosh, yes. I what was that one that I recently watched? It was like nutrition. What, what the, the health? Yeah, oh, see? Yes, what the health? Like, I was like, man, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm not a vegan. No. See? Oh my gosh. Okay. So let me just discuss those issues. Number one, the whole thing with milk. So with food, we essentially on food products, there's several health claims that can be made on a product. So there's, um, structure function claims, structure function claims. So like it's saying calcium builds strong bones or calcium does da 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 walnuts are good for your health so that's a structure function claim then there's qualified health claims that can be made for emerging evidence saying that like zinc magnesium supplements can help you sleep so this is this can be put on a product and people will fall for things so that's why people when we were younger got milk you know because they say calcium builds strong bones and then companies take that and they say calcium does this. It makes you buff. It makes you the best athlete. It makes you amazing just because calcium was allowed to say calcium builds strong bones. Calcium in itself does not build strong bones. You need everything else. But then there's um, like with the health, there's documentaries that are made that don't even look at correct scientific evidence and they are based off of fear mongering and pick and choose an opinion and attack it. And they pick the evidence that they want and they throw it in the documentary, excluding all the rest of the correct scientific evidence. And then they give it to the community and the community is like, oh my God, look at all this. Look, we're going to die because because we're eating meat. We're eating eggs. We're Doing things that's that's like smoking cigarettes. No. The documentary took research that could have been funded by vegans to tell you that you have to eat vegan to make the vegan industry make a lot of money. So there's just a lot of crap going on in science that people don't even understand either. Science can be funded. And people fall for... Things that are posted on products, people fall for documentaries, people fall for articles because people don't understand how to read the research themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do, but you have to take a research course to be able to do it. Um, it's, it's, it's frustrating and it's really frustrating to see. And that's why it's my goal to put out the information that is correct, that is scientific evidence, that is education and make sure the people are doing the correct thing mm-hmm. yeah i yeah what you were saying is you just mentioned like you basically said it was a conspiracy for the what the health so it's like weird for me to kind of analyze it because i was like like it just like it was so one-sided like it was like exactly one-sided. that's that's how you know something is a conspiracy most of the time is when it's one-sided. You want to make sure that there's evidence for both sides. Mm-hmm. That's the, how I think of it. Yeah, and then I say don't don't watch any YouTube videos because, I mean, people think the, the earth is flat. I'm like, my gosh. 
<laughs> oh my gosh i'm not i'm not kidding like i've had discussions with the people that actually believe that um and it's like okay so how why do you think that like and then they go back to they just say everything's fake nasa's fake moon landings for fake which which is interesting because you know there's some fake pictures of moon landings but it's like i, I don't know you know it's like you know there's no you know explaining all this stuff and it's just so hard yeah to dice- decipher that especially when something's a lot older like you're trying to disprove something like trying to uh, say something that happened like 50 years ago it's really difficult well, i mean it's not easy to say this or solve a case like cold cases i always say there's a reason why it's cold because nobody's there's no new information and when it, yeah when it dies off you know just look at it like hmm, i never figured that one out let's move on yeah did you see the um have you heard of the people that say that there wasn't ever a holocaust yes i have seen many movies and i have seen a lot of stuff and it's it's crazy i think it's not delusion i think it's more of a they put it in denial a, it's not i don't think it's a denial as well i think it's more of an arbitrary way of like trying to rationalize mm-hmm. their way of thinking because most of those people are marxists and socialists and they want certain things so they, they they can't they don't want to admit their country especially countries like i mean uh, it's with any country. I mean, they're pr- very prideful when it comes to their own country, so they don't want to admit that they've done anything bad, and they don't want to admit their the case of evil. You know, we all have evil inside of us, and you know, you might not think that. You might be like, "Well, I don't recognize that evil. I think I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I'm a good person." If you keep telling yourself that, that you're not capable of evil, you can deny claims. You can deny why. You know, the Holocaust, of course. I mean. But then you also, I always talk, you know, Hitler is a huge argument. It's like, you know, he's not the worst person. Mao was the worst person. He killed hundreds of millions of people. You know, he killed six. Of course, you're rationalizing numbers there, which then people break it down to, well, you shouldn't rationalize numbers because a person is a person. And that's what I think it it should be. You know, it doesn't matter whether it was one person or a billion people. But there's other mm-hmm. people. And if you think in the same time period, there was Stalin. Stalin's a much worse character. He's much more of a tyrant. And he swept through killing, I think it was 25 million compared to 7 million. But Stalin was much more of a working with, you know, of course he was with us. He was, we didn't want to admit he was wrong. Um, but once Hitler come up, it was mostly ideology and his thoughts and his ideas, which were, were based on on science but based on incorrect science the way he thought of things was not not right like you know if he he didn't think about genetics you know genetics was barely coming out in the 40s so he thought that this was the way does that i don't and you know especially those deniers i'm like you know it's hard to tell people when they believe because belief is powerful it's the most powerful thing you can have if you believe in something Mm -hmm. it will 100 percent be true in your mind whether it's true in reality or this and that or whatever. And I think of like, like uh, there you can get a lot of moral stories from fictional stories. You know, Harry Potter is one of my favorite books. Yes. You can get a lot of knowledge from Harry Potter, like the, the, the archetypes of this and that and the way of things working. And, you know, it can make you a good person, just like learning the ideas. And then mm-hmm. Pinocchio as well. Pinocchio, if you ever watch Pinocchio, it has a... One of the deepest meanings in a car in a in one of those animated films ever, because the the thing it was saying is like, you know, 
you can't be happy all the time. You can't be happy all the time because then you're just indulging yourself. You know, you're overeating. You're being uh, gluttonous. You're being this and that. And people don't really recognize that these are problems, and everyone has them in different stages, in different moments, in different time. And we're all moving towards something. And whether you move this way or that way, there's not one set path. What I always try to convey. So mm-hmm. I don't know what we're talking about there, but. <laughs> well, we went from talking about history and the Holocaust to talking about Pinocchio and Journeys of Life. Yeah, it's fascinating. So, yeah. Now, it, now I really want to see a Pinocchio remake happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like they're doing Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. they could do a good human Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Well, like uh, I'm not sure how to analyze Pinocchio very well, but if you watch it, there's a lot of like st- structure systems. Like you know, there's a lot of hidden stuff that you don't see. Like the Matrix was a huge one. I mean, if, if you ever seen the Matrix, if you haven't, well. I don't know what you're doing, but it's it was it has deeper meaning as you know, um, the Matrix was based on the Bible. Pretty much the whole story was based on the Bible. So if you looked at it like that, uh, there's a deeper meaning into all of it. So, you know, just just watch it. So I don't know. Pinocchio is interesting, too. I don't know why we're I'm fascinated by Disney movies. Disney movies are some of the best movies ever produced. I, I would agree. They really tag it the people's hearts in their minds and their souls. And I really like that. They always have a reason for creating that film mm-hmm. most of the time. And, and it can be watched. There's a lesson somewhere. And it, and it can be watched by everybody. Like there's no mm-hmm. age gap. Like the story is enjoyable for a four year old, the two year old, uh, you know, it could be 15, 16, you could be 90. Like the story can expand between us all. I mean, what we get from it is all different. Like you, I mean, you can notice different things. I notice different things. I'm like, oh, oh, that's what that means, you know. It's very, very interesting. But then I'm also like, Disney's taking over the world. They're buying Star Wars. They're buying. They're taking. Like they're they're gonna take. They're gonna swallow up the, lots of industries. I mean, they just. I don't know. They they buy out so much stuff. The next thing they're gonna own Apple, and Apple's gonna become a part of it. It's really interesting to me how that kind of works, but. I don't know. I, I always feel that's interesting. But back to what we were talking about. Nutrition and and documentaries and all that, it's to me it's hard to tell what where did they get this like there's no like like there's not like a a link or like an index of like where did they get this information. So you never can dis discredit or just analyze it to the fullest extent because you gotta start searching online. You can though. There is, there are good databases such as Cochrane Reviews, um, the Journal of Academy and Dietetics. They have something, um, their own database. Um, these are resources as well as something like examine.com that you can research information. It is going to give you the answer for the most up-to-date science. Mm -hmm. So there is science right now, there is an exact answer for some things, but for some things there isn't. Mm. So why don't you throw out some nutrition things that I can clear up an answer? Okay. So, just all the I kind of want to know what the differences are and like you know you got keto I don't understand what 
what does these macros uh, let's go in macros uh, i'm so confused like so you got your carbs your i always forget the three but you have the three uh why is that such an i mean like i think that's like the the most followed kind of thing is macros so why is that and who kind of like did someone who came up with that like i, I don't know what the idea okay is. Yeah. So macronutrients are your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. And these are what give you energy. They make ATP in the body through digestion and absorption of these nutrients in your body. Your body processes each and every one in a different way and causes a different amount of effects in the body. And everybody reacts differently to different macronutrients. Some people are better with high fat. Some people are better with high carb. And um, so this is what gives us energy to fuel and thrive and live. And there's a certain amount of calories which make our calories come from macronutrients. So your fats are nine grams and they, they have nine calories per gram. Carbs and protein are four calories per gram. And this makes up calories. Calories are what you need to live, breathe, thrive, reach your goals, whatever. Um, <laughs> so the problem is that people think macros are some new science, and they're not. Macros, macros have been here from the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Macros have always been in food. They will always be in food. But people are just now realizing that they can achieve their goals by numerically counting those energy units to best fit their body type and what their body uses as fuel. So fuel utilization, whether your body uses carbohydrates or fats for fuel or uses protein for fuel, that can be changed and manipulated based on your intake. So, and your exercise regimen and your metabolic adaptation and hormones and has a whole entire, everything plays into it. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what, what, like, fitting your macros, like, I always, I'm like, that's a weird term, like, fitting. Like, <laughs> this is the proper. Yeah, it's like you're putting it into a shoebox. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, someone is designing this or, you know, just specifically for you. So it's so interesting to me. Like, if it fits my macros. And then, and then people start talking about, like, eating in, like, I remember someone, I don't know what they were talking about, it's like, intuitive something with, like. Intuitive eating. And I was like, what the hell? So you're just like, like, you're just eating whatever you want as long as you're not doing like certain things. Like Intuitive eating is how the definition of intuitive eating is eating like a normal human being. There's nothing new about it. I do intuitive it, eating. So that's, that's just, exactly. I think you eat to fuel that. your body. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's listening to your body's hunger cues, listening to the cravings. It's if you want to have three cookies than eating three cookies because your body tells you to eat three cookies. So that's intuitive eating. Um, fitting your nutrients, fitting them, your food into your macros. It's kind of like a controversial subject there because I, I love if it fits your macros. I love flexible dieting, but I also feel that we shouldn't automatically assume that a carb is a carb and a fat is a fat because they're not our body takes certain fats and does different things and it has different effects on our health but go ahead i know you had an idea okay so is there like a deeper 
thing into that because like you got carbs is there like a i don't know how like i try to relate it to physics or something like you know you got a you got a proton you got a neutron you got this but then inside the proton you got other stuff like quarks and quarks have quarks inside of them and different levels of quarks so is like what is the like i understand the basics but like what when you go into that like is it about how it affects other things or is it more of like what's more inside of the carbohydrate or whatever i'm glad you mentioned that okay so just like in physics a carbohydrate is going to ultimately have the same thing in it in regards to glucose. So all carbohydrates are going to come down to glucose, whether that is sugar or whether that is whole wheat pasta. But those carbohydrates can either have different levels, um, not different levels, they can change your levels of glucose and insulin based on what they are. So you have a simple carbohydrate like candy that is going to spike your insulin and your blood glucose at a faster rate. And um, then you have a complex carbohydrate, which is going to keep those levels at a stable rate and then slowly decline. And those have that ability to spike insulin, to spike, uh, to have changes in blood glucose is going to change your hormonal response to the food you're eating. It's going to change um, the fuel utilization, whether you're doing, your body is deciding to use more carbohydrates versus fat versus um, letting, letting out amino acids for fuel. So that's what carbohydrates are going to do. But all carbohydrates are going to be glucose, no matter what. Ah, see, I did not know that. See, there's always like the, I always think there's gaps. Like whenever I think of nutrition, I'm like, I'm missing something here. Or like, like uh, a recent, not an argument, but like I was trying to discuss something and I was like, I don't know. Like, I, why am I talking about this? I don't understand it. I was like, so I think like cardio, I was talking about cardio and I was like, well, the best type of cardio is running. I, and I assume if you do enough running, because it's such an intense thing, you know, and if you do cardio, other types, of course, you can, like, ride a bike, but I just don't feel it's as intense, or you cannot get that range. Like, mm-hmm. am I wrong on this, or is it like, I, I, I just don't understand what I'm, probably don't understand what I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> where... A cardio, just like food, cardio has to be individualized, mm. and cardio is not for everybody. So it's all about, because we're all different. We all have different biomechanics. So somebody's hips might be slightly different or somebody's knees might be, um, I don't want to say deformed, but might be different, having a different anatomical structure than somebody else's. We all have different body types. Some of us are short and stout. Some of us are tall and lengthy. So cardio has to be individualized per person Mm -hmm. and other people also you know the people can be like superhumans like some people have a great metabolic adaptation to oxygen consumption and so they can their endurance levels are extremely high they can go out and they run they can run those marathons but if you throw me into a marathon i'm gonna die like I'm gonna be on the floor crawling, asking, begging for mercy. Like we, th- we are made differently, for sure. And it's all about what works for you. 
Mm-hmm. There's like I read. I don't know. There's this. I don't know. I don't know if this is real because you know I read articles online. I don't. Sometimes I don't check the sources. But there's this guy who like didn't build up lactic. He didn't. He didn't build up any lactic acid, so he could pretty much run forever until he like collapsed. So like I was like, my gosh. So he doesn't get that like exhausted, you know, where where you feel the fatigue coming in. And I was like, oh, uh, well, take out the lactic acid out of me or the whatever. Whatever. That's because he has a high amount of mitochondria Mm -hmm. in his cells. So, like, how much of a role does genetics play? Like, a huge role, a huge role. And people, because people will say you can, you can't outsmart genetics. You, I mean, well, that's true. You can't. Not yet. You really can't outsmart genetics. Not yet. That's why we say CRISPR. You, you heard CRISPR? So it's a genetic... Yes. Yeah, so then they got... I've only read like one or two studies, so don't don't quote me on this stuff. But it was like... I think they took the, the stuff out of nicotine, like the nicotine receptor, and they got rid of the chemical so you could quit and just not be okay because some people used to... I mean, alcohol... Alcoholics are the worst because they get shakes and stuff, and that's just how their body reacts to that. Some people can stop and they'll be fine. It just depends on a bunch of different factors. So right now we can't change that. So that's like the biggest thing. Like we don't understand. I mean, there's so much genetics. Genetics plays a huge role. I mean, you're sixty percent genetically identical to a banana. Sixty percent. <laughs> Uh, that makes no sense. Of course, most of those genes are turned off. Just let you all know. You're not going to become a banana in a day. That's really funny, though, because in my PowerPoint that I just read for class, mm-hmm. it is. it says, if we compare our chemical makeup to corn, it is actually quite similar. We are like corn, made up mostly of water, followed by fats and low in fat, followed by carbohydrates, protein, vitamins, minerals. I'm like, okay, so the world just compares us to fruit in vegetables mm-hmm. well the, the, the you know the idea is that we came from all the same things that ever existed in the universe so we're all cells yeah we're all cells we're all this and that i mean of course you get mutations and genetic drifting and when genetic drifts happen you know you'll get someone with the or old genetic code gets turned on that's the coolest thing like i know a guy with the tail a legit tail is about two feet long um really weird because you can move it around shake it you know like like a you know like a monkey or an you know an old old world monkey type of like that so it's weird when we are all made of cells just like corn and bananas yes yes it's weird because like there's different types of cells and different types dna plays a huge role like you know i wanted as a kid i wanted to be michael jordan that's not gonna happen because i'm not i'm five seven okay that's just not genetically possible. I need at least the shortest person in the NBA, I believe, is 5'11. And mm-hmm. I could never be Michael Jordan because I'm not, you know, he was 6'7 or 6'4 or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to tell someone that genetics plays a huge role of, like, where your ability lies. Like, you, it's, mm-hmm. you're in a spectrum. Of course you can change the spectrum. You're never going to look exactly like someone else. Um, you're never going to mentally be like someone else. So trying to force that is kind of hard like i used to be like gonna be michael jordan one day gonna be michael jordan one day gonna be michael jordan gonna be michael jordan gonna be michael jordan then i was like sixth seventh grade i think i was playing basketball in middle school and then i was like i'm gonna be michael jordan then i was like my gosh just the ball swatted off my hands 
uh, you know, I was going up, then some six-foot person just says, nope. And it's hard to say to someone, oh my gosh, should X plays a role? Or just like a banana. Or 60% or 50%, whatever the percentage is, we're just like a banana. And it's weird that we're... We, we don't explain that. And some people are weird. Like, that. If they can do... Like, some some people can do weird things. Like, you know... I think yoga is a huge aspect that most... A lot of people need to explore because I don't think we... I, I subscribe to the idea of, like, this is, like... Uh, really, mobility is a huge, important thing. Um, it is. And uh, I don't know about those movement coaches. I don't know. It looks strange to me when I see someone just, like, you know, doing this and that. And But it, I'm like, huh, maybe you're onto something. But I don't know. There's, like, no evidence to back that up. But I would... No, yoga is a lot about create, like, unreleasing the tension not only in your body but in your mind. Mm-hmm. So it's all about that mind body muscle connection mm-hmm. living and breathing and feeling there's a lot to yoga and it's very interesting so i would love to see research done with how yoga affects well there probably is some research on how yoga changes the psychology of humans but yeah yoga is awesome mm-hmm. uh-huh. so what do you think about like those like people like i'm like those training masks, those are like one of the ones I'm like, huh, it does, doesn't like, I don't know if that works. I don't know. You know, I'm looking at studies and people say yes, people say no. And I'm like, you know, it's like so debatable. I'm like, well, there's nobody who really explored this and they say it works and they say, I mean, like crowd chambers, I think are important. I think they work. Um, but you never actually like, you never think, I think yoga, hot yoga is the best. 90 minute session or 120 for dying there i don't care who what you could be the best athlete in the nba you could be the best football player you could be the best whatever and you go into that yoga class and if you've never done yoga you will die in about true words true words it's not easy like you know you might be good at powerlifting, but you go in there you're gonna die because that's that you, your body just doesn't feel it and Oh, it's painful. Well, it's not painful. It's just like exhausting. Controlling your breath is like the hugest thing. Like you could go into panic mode if you just like just freak out. And it's like, my gosh, breathing is so important. And I don't know why. Like, you know, I know we'll kind of know why because you got to stay focused. It, adrenaline, mm. it, it spikes all these other chemicals in your brain and your body. And, and I don't know, like it, it's always looking at that stuff. And of course, I'm, I want to know what what crazy person decided to say, hey, why don't we take a very, very extremely hot room and let's go do yoga in it and almost pass out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you got to be careful if you're going in there because, you know, some some people are like, you know, relax, relax. I'm like, I'm relaxed. All right. But it's the room is- I can't relax. That's why I can't do yoga. Mm-hmm. You I've just, tried. You know, you got I don't know. I feel like it's like different for every person. Like some people, if you throw them into like a stressful situation, they'll perform. Uh, some people, they need to like be niched up slowly, slowly. So like maybe not a 90 minute class, but like a 30 minute class. And then, and then you so maybe them. I need to be niched down, mm-hmm. <laughs> down into the yoga. Or, or if you're going to do a 90 minute class, you know, every f- whatever, two or three poses, just lie down and realize you're dying. And then try again. Cause well, think, for me, it's not that I'm dying. It's just that I'm thinking be. about all the five billion other things that I could be doing. 
it's so important, man. I don't, I don't, I, I think you should try again. There's so many, Houston is like the craziest um, place because there's so much stuff, right? I mean, like you think mm-hmm. about gyms, like, um, I mean, you go to any gym, I mean, there's like 20, 30 gyms, 40, 50 gyms, and you got to pick in between all these. And you're basically like, uh, like wine testing or wine tasting or. I definitely testing. did wine taste the gyms. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's some that are elite level, and then there's some you're like casual. There's this and that, and like to find a perfect gym here, man, it's hard because there's it's too many. It's too hard. It's too, too really? many to explore. Too many to explore. And what, I took the one that was the closest, and I said, "You are my home gym." Mm-hmm. See, that's what most people say, but then I say, "Well, if you go like three blocks, and that's that's literal." here like if you go like three or four blocks or a few streets down oh there's more there's more there's like there's like five or six in my vicinity that i like it's like i could go to the closest one which is literally i could walk there in like two minutes i could take the one that's a walk three minutes of course i live in midtown different different area yeah then there's like one you know you could go to the ymc i was about to say you've got to live either midtown or up with um river oaks because there are billions of options in those areas yeah and then you got i mean there's so many like it's like which one do i take and and you know you could you could legitly go around to like eight gyms and never pay i mean do the trials or whatever the free trials i literally did that my first month yeah yeah just i did that there's some cool hot yoga places here, too. I mean, I think you should try again. Try again. After our discussion about hot yoga, I think I'm going to skip out on the hot yoga, and I'm going to stay to the normal yoga. Come I think on, I'm going to do that. Look, 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 look. Um, uh, look this is no, I have to, I have to accum- like, get used to. Just like if I'm going, uh, I'm going to climb a mountain, mm-hmm. I get to get there first, mm-hmm. analyze the situation, get comfortable. Then eventually get to the top of Everest. Everest being hot yoga. Mm. But if I jump to hot yoga, if I jump to Everest now, I will die. For sure. All right. right, right, Okay. This is what I say. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. It's all a state of mind. You just got to, you got to, like, it's going to be hard. It's just like anything. It's hard the first, if you go three times a week, I would say about the first six weeks, and then you'll get used to it. But it will never become easy. It's one of those things that never becomes easy. Never becomes easy. It doesn't, I don't care if you're the yoga master. They might make it look easy, but they're struggling too. We're just all struggling at different points. Some people struggle at like the 20-minute mark, mm-hmm. the 30-minute mark, the 40-minute mark. And, you know, focusing on time, that could cause you to panic. I mean, like, that's like a huge thing. Like, just don't look at the clock. Don't look at the clock. And bring a jug of water, a 64-ounce jug of water with ice yes. in it. With a mountain, a mountain of ice, or yes, I don't, I, I don't know. Bring, bring, just bring that much. Just bring two, three. I don't know. You might even want to pour water on yourself, just because how hot it is. <laughs> but yeah, that's... pour it down. Like just like go do hot yoga in a fountain. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think, I don't know. It gives you like this weird feeling, like after, like the first week is just, it's just painful. Or like you struggle. Like I don't know. It's a struggle. There you go. And then you get used to it, and then you're like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. Uh, some people, it depends on the instructor too, man. I got I got locked in a room, like like nobody can leave. Like you can't go outside, you know. Lock the doors. They lock the doors. I was like, who's this guy? Like what? Like oh, we're we're just you know. 
and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm dying here. You know, it's just so so hot. But I think it, mm-hmm. I don't know. I read a lot of things, and you know, Regenerkine, and that was like a cool like thing they did, and you heat up they heat up your blood in a centrifuge and put it in you. I'm like, okay, so that's kind of what it. You're heating up your. I don't I don't know. There's it's just not. I know it's good. It works for me. I don't know if it works for everybody, but I yeah. suggest you try it. And you 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 know. Be do it for like three or four weeks. That see see where you are after that long. Because some people go like two or three classes, never see hot yoga ever again. I don't know how we got to hot yoga. I love hot yoga, but yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Brandon, I, thank I, you so much for having me on. It was mm-hmm. such an honor. I am going to get to my quiz tonight. Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, quiz and metabolism one of my metabolism courses so I'm going to get to that but I want to thank you so much for having me on your podcast for having this awesome conversation we talked about a lot of random things but a lot of great random things so thank you so much for that thank you Lacey and uh, everything will be in the description and well uh, oh adios that's all I got to say now I don't know I got to go walk my dog (laughs) forgot about that if you guys if you guys want to know about who I am, what I do. My website is uplifit.org. I have Instagram. It's at Faith and Fit. My Twitter is at Lacey A. Dunn. And if you ever have questions, including you, Brandon, if you guys ever have questions regarding training, nutrition, hit me up. My email is fitandfaith at gmail.com. I'm always happy to help. All right. Thank you, Lacey. And it was wonderful talking to you. You too. Bye. Bye.